0: Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Hey guys, how are you tonight? I hope you're doing good. We are in, uh, it's true, it is true. We are in another week of awkward conversations, and has anyone in here ever had to take a CPR training class? Has anyone ever done it? A couple of you have done it. Um, I doubt it was kind of the way that was. Um, sadly, things are never as funny as they are in a real office as they are in the office, because um, that was insane in the best and all the best ways. But people take CPR classes for a reason, right? Like teachers, a lot of them have to take CPR classes so that if something happens to you while you're in class, that they can help you and take care of you. And obviously, like healthcare professionals take CPR classes because you know they have to help you if something's going wrong. Now I haven't been in my office. Where I worked, in over a year. But when I was working there, there was a whole team of people. We called them the safety team, and their job was to basically have a plan for whenever anything went wrong. So, like if something bad happened, the safety team was there to cover it. There was people, you know, CPR trained. They had pagers. It was a whole ordeal. So that was like a good thing that they did. Um, another thing that they did, which I would say mm, less good, are these um, things that they would call safety moments, and we had to do them before each meeting. We still sometimes do them, but it's—they're kind of the worst. They feel pointless and they're dumb. You would—I do work at Mondelez, yes. No, to the people working there, Kiefer. <laughs> um, but uh, they would have these safety moments right before every single meeting, and we would go over the dumbest things they would be like okay safety moment of the day when you're outside doing yard work make sure to a wear sunscreen b don't step on a rake like the dumbest things like they like ridiculous things like if it's raining outside remember don't wear slippery shoes and don't drive too fast like things that we all know right that we don't really need to go over were happening over and over again in these safety moments and they were Awful. They were awful. And there's a lot of things that have safety information on them, right? Like, pretty much anything you buy is going to have safety information on it. Like, if you buy a new wire, it's going to be like, don't leave it plugged in because it might catch on fire. If you buy a new phone, it'll have safety information on it. There's safety information on the milk. There's safety information when you, oh, walk, no into an, in, when you walk into an elevator, when you're going up the escalate. Everywhere you go, there's safety information. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, safety information on a helmet. Safety information everywhere. But for the most part, we ignore it. Right. I I like barely ever read it. I barely pay attention to it. We don't understand what's going like. I'm not going to pay attention. Like, am I going to go outside and wear sunscreen? No. Am I at the beach? No, I'm not going to wear sunscreen. So for the most part, like I said, we we don't really pay attention to safety information or when someone's giving us instructions on how to do something. Um, I went to school for music recording, and so I learned a lot about music recording. I learned a lot about like what phasing is. I learned about how to make someone's mic sound right. I learned how to mic a whole drum. St- like, I-, I learned a lot. And one of my professors when I was in school had a studio and he let us go to it and record a band for one of our finals. Uh, I was there for like multiple days in a row recording a band. It was really, really cool. But one thing um, that he let us do is he let us use his ribbon mic. Um, you guys don't know anything about that. I think Derek is the only one that will know. Um, ribbon mics are kind of the best. Um, they will make a vocal sound incredible. Think like Frank Sinatra, he used a ribbon mic. Um, and this guy had a vintage ribbon mic, which a vintage ribbon mic is amazing. And it, sounds, it doesn't matter what it sounds like, you guys don't care. But you should know that a vintage ribbon mic, this one was about $6,000 and that was 10 years ago. It's definitely worth more now. Um, it was old, beautiful, makes anyone's voice sound incredible. Um, now, like I said, I don't listen to a lot of safety warnings, but when my professor was in the studio explaining to us all of the thousands of ways that you can easily ruin. A ribbon mic like it's so easy to there's so many things that you can do that just breaks it instantly and you can never use it again and this mic was six thousand dollars so I was paying very close attention like I don't think I've ever paid as close attention to anything in my life than when he was telling me all the ways that we could break this microphone so I was asking questions I was taking notes I was really focused and paying attention because I was like I cannot afford to replace this microphone and so because I, I knew what he was saying was very important right now we are in week five of Awkward Conversations, um, the series where we talk about prayer and hopefully make it less awkward for you um, by giving you examples of ways that we can pray. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about different directions, right? We've talked about up, down, we've talked about forward, we've talked about right. Tonight, we're going to talk about left, spoiler alert. Um, and now, what we talk about in here is always important, um, Pastor Chris and all the leaders put a lot of time into, in, in, into talking about things that are important that you need to know about so that you can have a good relationship with Jesus. And that is super important to have a good relationship with Jesus because, number one, your life will be better for it. And number two, you won't have to live eternally separate from Jesus at the end of all of this. And I know that's, that's big, that's heavy. Get ready. We're going left tonight. We are, we are going to talk tonight about praying left, praying for our friends who need Jesus praying for our friends who knew Jesus. So let's jump into this. We're gonna go into Matthew chapter nine. So if you have your Bible, turn with me there. If you have your phone and you're not taking notes, take notes, but if you're not taking notes, you can turn to your Bible and maybe not your camera. I don't know. We'll, we'll try that on for size. So chapter nine, verses 35 through 38 is where we're gonna be in tonight. So that's where we're gonna be. Um, you know exactly who you are. <laughs> what I was just talking about there. So Matthew is one of the four books that talks about Jesus's life, right? Like they give a whole account of what Jesus did here on earth. And so we're going to jump into the book of Matthew into chapter 9 and so we're a little bit into his story, so he's been doing some stuff. And actually the first verse here kind of sums up what Jesus has been doing around um, you know the first 9 chapters of this. He says Matthew 9:35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages in that area teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom and he healed every kind of disease and illness. So Jesus was out there doing his Jesus thing, right? When you think about Jesus here on earth, this is, I think about two things. I think about, you know, the death and resurrection, big deal. Um, but we, I also think about like his healings and all the miracles that he did and all the signs and wonders and all that cool stuff that he did. Like those are the two big things that pop up in my mind. And Jesus is doing that right now. Um, he's he's on earth, he's doing it. And if you read uh, Matthew, it kind of talks about how these are like bringing in the crowds. Like he knew what he was doing. And a bunch of people were coming to see what was going on because like he was talking about hope and the kingdom of God. And they're like, what does that even mean? And then he was healing people. What that's crazy. There were miracles all over the place. Sometimes if you were there with 5,000 people, you got fed. Like what? That's cool. So there were a lot of people following Jesus around. But why was Jesus doing all of these things? The next verse talks about this a little bit, as part of the reason why Jesus was doing all these things. Verse 36 says this. It says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus saw the crowds, he saw the people, and had compassion on them. He knew the people were hurting and they needed hope. And he knew that he was part of that plan. It's why God sent Jesus down, right? He saw us. He had compassion on us. He knew that we made a mistake and that we got separated from him. So he sent Jesus down to close that separation. He had compassion on us. This is a really cool thing about humans. And it's that now for the most part, like if you look all over the world, there's all these different languages and there's different cultures. So sometimes things can get a little confusing, but there's like one thing that's pretty universal for all of us. And that's like, that's emotions. And the way that we humans can move our, our faces and the way that we, we, we react when we're sad or we react when we're happy is pretty universal. That's why when you're watching like a really well-made film, even if it's in a different language, you can kind of understand what's going on on the screen just by the way that the actors are on the screen, right? If, if they look sad, you're like, oh, that person looks sad. And that's universal throughout the entire world. Every person will look sad when they're sad, will look happy I mean you know, unless they're faking it, but you know, we'll we'll talk about that. But (laughs) like people's emotions, the way we move our faces, that's, that's universal. Um, and I'm a bit of an emotional guy. Um, I, and everyone has emotions, right? I have emotions. I feel happy when I see my friends, when I get to hang out with my friends, I feel happy when I see you guys doing cool things like when Faith or when Haley leads songs or when Christian did three minutes of something, I felt happy. I feel excited but I also sometimes feel angry, like just on Sunday, I was getting out of church, I was very tired, I had to go to a dinner, and all I wanted was coffee, but no, Starbucks was basically closed and I couldn't get coffee, and I was mad about it all day. All day, I was mad and upset. Like I said, I'm a very emotional person. I get very high highs, very low lows, Um, but I also, I get the feels a lot. Like, I kind of, (laughs) it's kind of my deal, I am get my feels a lot, Um, and I like, I'll, I'll cry every single time I watch Return of the King, it's impossible not to, like you can't not cry. Like when Aragorn is like, oh, you bow to no one and then everyone bow, like I'm thinking about it and I might cry thinking about it. Or, or like when Frodo and Sam are on the deck, or like on the dock, and they're about to leave and Frodo goes too and Sam's like, wait, you're leaving? And everyone's like, yeah, he's also leaving because his wound is never gonna heal. It's a whole ordeal. I'm, I legitimately might cry just thinking about it. Um, I I, it can't, that's, say, yeah. It's sad. Thank you. Return of the King is such a wonderful movie. Okay, now another thing is that I've watched every single. We just watched a clip from The Office, and I think I've watched every single episode of The Office four or five times, except the final episode of The Office. I tend to skip that one because I do not handle final episodes well. Um, just because I'm in my feels a lot, I do not handle final episodes well. I um, mean, in the final episode of The Office, there's really there's a lot going on, right? There's oof, there's really just a lot going on. It's been 9 years. They're all together. There's a part where they're all together in this main room where they've all been working for 9 years together and you can tell that it's, it's a little bit more than acting, right? So the characters in the show are together, and they're feeling sad about how the next day, like, basically everyone's leaving, their lives are going different directions. But you can also tell that it's a little bit the actors, because this is it for them, too. They've been on the show together for so long, this is their final episode, so they all start to cry a little bit, and I cry every single time. And not only do I cry, but it kind of sends me into, like, a funk. And it'll affect me for the rest of my day. And I'll be thinking about like how their story is over and I never get to experience more of their story ever again. And that their friendship is over and that nothing lasts. Nothing's real art is a lie. I think about all these things and I get like put into a funk and I'm in a dark place. But let let, let me ask you a question. The sadness I feel watching the office, was that compassion? Jesus looked out over the crowds and he had compassion. Was what I was feeling that sadness was that compassion? Not really. Not really, no. It, 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 was, it was sadness. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, it, it was sadness. We feel sad some points in our lives, right? For, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons, sometimes for dumb reasons like the last episode of The Office. Um, but sadness is not compassion. They're really close, though. Uh, compassion is more than sadness. It's kind of like sadness plus. Okay? So you were, you were pretty close. Um, but, but sometimes they feel the same, right? They're, they're, pretty, they're, they're pretty close to the same thing. It's like how we talked about... He talked about shame tonight, but it's kind of like how we shocked, talked about shame and conviction, right? Shame, when you feel shame, you get put in place and you, you, you don't move forward. But conviction makes you want to do something, makes you want to change something. So, so the difference between sadness and compassion is that compassion will drive you to make a change, to make a difference in the situation. So, so when you see someone and you have compassion on them, you're going to want to take a step towards helping that person. It's a little bit different. They're very close. They can feel close to the same, but there's a little nuance in the difference there. Um, I am an emotional person, um, but I am not the most compassionate person. Um, I, I, I struggle to have compassion on, I don't really know a compassionate way to say this, but um, dumb people. And it's something that I'm struggling with. It's something I'm, I, I ask Jesus to help me with this all the time, but it's very true. I struggle to have compassion, for dumb people. And I believe that everybody in this room is gonna have a struggle to have compassion on someone, right? There's gonna be someone in your life, there's going to be some group of people, um, some person that you come across that you're gonna struggle having compassion for. But the truth is that the closer we get to Jesus, the more time we spend reading his words and praying to him, the more we will be like him and having compassion on the crowd will be easier. Jesus said that people are confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And you know what goes right alongside of helplessness is hopelessness. Guys, the, the world is broken and is evil. And we see people in the midst of hopelessness every single day. We see people with addictions, people being bullied. We, may, we see people that are made to feel less. We see people that are made to feel lonely. People will starve themselves to look like someone on Instagram. There's hate and abuse and broken families and pain all around. At all times. There's people out there just looking for hope. And we, we have that hope. We have that hope. We know that Jesus is the hope. According to the 2019 numbers, um, and these have gone up, 2020 was a bad year for a lot of people, um, someone will choose to end their own life about every 40 seconds. Which means that in a, the 20 minutes I'm up here, about 30 people would have come to the end and felt like there was no hope for them left. That's heavy. That's heavy. And you guys don't have to feel all of that. Like, having compassion on people doesn't mean that if someone you know decides to go this way, that it's your fault. But it does mean that we need to make sure that the people around us know about the hope of Jesus. Just know that it's not your fault, but we should be trying to tell people around us all the time about the hope we have in Jesus because our world is hopeless. But we have the hope, right? We have the hope. We need to have compassion and tell the hurting people around us about Jesus. We need to tell him that, "Hey, I have a friend, His name is Jesus, and he brings hope where there's no hope, He brings peace and chaos. He is a rock when everything is shaky. He's my hope for today, my hope for tomorrow and our hope for forever, right? Because this ends for people one of two ways. Everyone here, this is going to end one or two ways. We're going to either end our lives with Jesus or we're going to end our lives without Jesus forever. But that's not, that's not what we have to worry about in here, right? Because we have Jesus and we got to tell people about Jesus because we have the hope of Jesus in us. And it's part of our job to tell people about it. So this is the real question, right? Do we live like we believe this? Do we live like we know that there's going to be one way or another for people when they die? That we know that we have the hope inside of us that every single person needs. Do we live like that? Or do we ignore the crowds around us and we stay focused on ourselves, which is so easy to do. It's so easy to be consumed with ourselves to say, see our problems only. Or do we have compassion on the crowd? So if you believe it, what do we do? This is what it says in verse 37 and 38 of, the, of Matthew chapter nine. It says, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. So Jesus says this, he says, Pray. He says, pray in the midst of the broken world around you because the Lord, because God is in charge. The verse is just as true now as it was then, right? We need to be going out. We are the workers, right? So, 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 so part of having compassion is that we are going to pray for the people around us, but we're also going to have compassion to take a step to help them. We're going to tell them we're going to meet needs where we can. That is a part of being a Jesus follower. So we should pray for a few things, right? We should pray for the people who need Jesus in the world. We should pray for people to have the courage to introduce, to introduce people to Jesus. We should pray for the people already doing that, like missionaries and pastors. And we should pray for the courage of our, ourselves to stand up and tell people about Jesus. I have no idea who said this first, um, but I hear it all over the place. And it's that we need to pray like it all depends on God, but work like it all depends on us. So let's pray for the lost people in our lives, and let's move to tell them about Jesus And to live our lives in a way that shows people that there's hope in Jesus, right? To live our lives in a way that people don't look at us and say, I don't want to be a part of that. Live our lives in a way that reflects Jesus. In the next chapter, in uh, chapter 10, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples who who are these guys that are following him around. And he tells them this. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. And he's telling that to us right now. He's saying, go out there and announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, now, people will write huge books about the kingdom of heaven, and what it is. So we're not going to get into all of it. But the kingdom of heaven is a place of true justice, a place where the hurting can go and be healed. It's in our lives a little bit when we find Jesus, right? But it's not perfect here because we're still in the world and the world is filled with sin. So we can tell people about the hope we have in Jesus for here and right now because some of it is for here and right now. But then some of it is also for after, it's for eternity, it's for, it's for heaven. So people say that the, the kingdom of God is, 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 he, is here already, but it isn't here yet. Because it's still coming. You know, it's, it's both. It's really a little confusing, um, but it's here, but it, but it also it, it is not complete yet. So we'll experience part of it now, but all of it later. And we want to tell as many people about it as possible. Like I said, Jesus sent out his 12 and he's sending us out now. And there's a few things that you should know. Um, Some people who don't know Jesus won't know that they're broken. So we've been talking about a lot tonight that we're we're talking about people who are hopeless because there are a lot of hopeless people in the world. We're talking about people that are broken because there are a lot of broken people in this world. But there are a lot of people who aren't following Jesus that are doing just fine. And the thing is with them is that they still need Jesus because at the end of it, we're going to go one way or we're going to go another way. So those people are going to be a lot harder to spot, but they need Jesus just as much as the broken people do, just as much as the hurting people do. And I promise you this, as you start to pray to Jesus about the broken world, about the people around you, about sharing him, he's going to give you opportunities to step up and talk to people. He will put people in front of you that you can tell your story to. So so you should do two things. You should know your story how you encountered Jesus and how it's changed your life. And you should also like know the main story of Jesus, which, if you don't know it, we have this really cool thing called Alive in Five. Um, you can ask anybody about it, but it's basically, it'll walk you through the whole story of Jesus in a way that's really simple and really easy, and you can tell people about it. Um, and it's really, really cool. So let's allow ourselves to deeply care, to feel compassion for everyone, the hurting, the broken, the nerds, the jerks, the popular people, the rich people, the poor people, the dumb people. Let's pray that everyone can find Jesus. So let's pray left and pray for all those people. So that's it. That's the end of Awkward Conversations. Um, week five, it's over. This is it. We did it. Congratulations, everyone. Um, and you may be asking, like, cool, now what? Now what do I do? Good cue, because I got the answer for you. Here's what I believe. I believe fully that, and the Bible will back me up on this, that prayer changes everything, right? Sometimes prayer will change our situation. Sometimes it'll change us. It'll change the way we feel about something. It'll um, give us hope. It forgives our sins. Show us, shows us the path. It gives us people to lean on and breaks our hearts for the lost. So prayer is important and can be life-changing. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the last five weeks and we're gonna use that as a guide going forward. So when we pray, we have a guide. Now, we talk about 10 and 10 in here a lot. At least I talk about 10 and 10 in here a lot. And this is an important discipline that we that we do to get closer to Jesus, to follow Jesus better. We will spend 10 minutes reading our Bible, and we will spend 10 minutes in prayer. And that's a total of 20 minutes. And let me tell you, that feels like a long time, right? Like Twenty. You hear 20 minutes, that's a crazy amount of time. It is, and it is isn't it's like one episode of spongebob or like one half episode of the falcon and winter soldier it's like a quarter of a movie if the movie's short if it's long it's like one sixth of the movie like it's really not that much time when you when you put it in comparison to the other things that you do in your life and if you want to be the best jesus follower you can be if you want to live the best life that you can be i fully believe that spending 20 minutes in prayer and 20 minutes in your bible will change things for you it'll make you a better person and a better jesus follower um, now, reading the Bible for 10 minutes, I think, can be a little It's easier than it sounds. Um, I am a very slow reader, so reading the Bible for 10 minutes is probably like reading a chapter because I'm a slow reader. For some of you fast readers out there, maybe it's like you read the same chapter a few times and then God will tell you something cool the next time you read it. And then maybe the next time you read it, he'll tell you something else cool. Or maybe you read like a thousand chapters. I don't know what you fast readers are doing out there. Do what you're going to do. I'm a slow reader, so it's usually like a chapter or two. And then in my 10 minutes, I've been, I've been doing it for t- 10 minutes. Um, and if you so much hate reading that you just can't do it, which like everything's reading now, like you're on Instagram reading all the time, so I don't believe you fully. Um, but if you really can't read, your Bible app has a little button at the bottom. You hit it, and someone will speak the words of God to you. So there's really no excuse to not spend time in your Bible. Um, so like I said, reading the Bible, reading the Bible can can be easy. It can feel it, it's hard, but it's also easy. Now praying for ten minutes feels daunting. That feels daunting to me. Like Even just talking for 10 minutes feels daunting, even though I can talk for like an hour or not, don't worry about it. Um, it's what happens when you stand up here. Something Time does something weird. Um, but I think you guys can handle, just, I think you guys can handle praying for two minutes, right? Does two minutes feel like a doable time to pray? You're not praying out loud in front of people, you're just praying by yourself. Two minutes feels like a doable time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna break 10 minutes down into five two-minute prayers. That feels easy, right? Five two-minute prayers, so easy, so easy. So let's talk about the last five weeks and we're gonna break them down into five two-minute prayers. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna start praying and you're gonna go, oh, I'm gonna pray up because we're gonna talk about, we're gonna remember these things. So right, we're gonna pray up our praises for God for two minutes. Thank God for everything he's done and everything that he's doing in your life. Tell him how good he is, not so that he will remember, but so that you will remember. So pray up first for two minutes, easy. You're gonna pray down next, you're gonna confess. I guarantee you, You did something stupid throughout your day. Confess it. Talk to God about it. Say you're going to do better next time. Ask for the Holy Spirit to convict you and to help you move forward and do better the next day. You're going to pray forward. Pray for your future and ask God to help you be ready for it, right? These are just two-minute prayers. Easy. So easy. Two minutes is nothing. Then you're going to pray right, right. You're going to pray for the Jesus followers around you and ask God to help them in the same way that you would ask God to help you. You're going to pray right. And then lastly, you're going to pray left and you're going to pray for the hurting and broken world and the people around you, and you're going to pray for God to put those people on your path so that you can talk to them, so you can show them the hope of Jesus. Now, that 10 minutes should feel a lot more doable, right? That 10 minutes is just five, two-minute prayers. So easy. Five, two-minute prayers. That's, that's the easiest thing anyone can do. So, let's start doing it. Let's spend time in prayer with Jesus because if we don't spend time with Jesus... We're not going to be like him. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you hang out with your friends a lot, you kind of start to talk like them. You kind of start to do things that they would do, they, the mannerisms, you make the same jokes. So the more time you spend with Jesus, the more likely you are to reflect him easily, the more likely you are to act like him every single day. So let's do that. Let's connect with God every single day that we can. So let's pray right now. God, we praise you and we thank you for everything that you've done. You are a good God, and you sent your son down for us to die on the cross so that we don't have to be separate from you, and we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I know that today I haven't been the kindest to some people, so I confess that to you. I'm going to do better next time. God, right now I pray for our future. Everyone in this room, I pray that in the future that we will be better at following you, that we will take the time out of our day to pray and read our Bibles and grow closer to you so that we can reflect you better and show the hopeless world around us who you are. Jesus, I pray for all of my Jesus-following friends, every single one of them, that they would have a good day, that you would show them a new way that you love them today. God, we pray for the lost in the broken world right now, for the people that need hope, that every 40 seconds think they can't go on anymore. I pray that you help us to help them. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.